Hi, my name is David Elstein, and this is the American Board of Orthopedic Surgery podcast. Each episode is designed to help busy orthopedic surgeons learn more about the ABUS and board certification. This is a unique episode in that we have two leading orthopedic surgeons, surgery of the hand specialist Dr. Charles Carroll and orthopedic sports medicine specialist Dr. Christopher Harner. Both of them are well-respected in their field, and both will be discussing the benefits of holding ABUS subspecialty certification. The ABUS subspecialty certification application in surgery of the hand and orthopedic sports medicine will be available soon on the ABUS diplomate dashboard with an application deadline of February 1st. Hi, Dr. Carroll, Dr. Harner. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, David. Thank you. Hey, how are you this afternoon? Doing well. Thank you. So both of you have been ABUS board certified for at least 30 years. What does being board certified by the ABUS mean to you? Well, when I think back in my career, when I was a resident and house officer in Baltimore, many of my mentors were board certified, and a number of them were examiners and participated as directors in the board. So I was exposed to it early on as being something that, one, was relevant, and two, would be something I would want to do. So when I look at what being board certified means now, it means that I've achieved a level of learning a body of knowledge first, that I've learned something about orthopedics or learned the spectrum of orthopedics, and then taken that further on and learned something about hand surgery, which we'll reflect upon in a second. But it's also showed that I've been able to acquire that learning and then apply the knowledge in hopefully a safe and practical fashion. It also tells my patients, my peers, and my colleagues that I've achieved a level of excellent safety in patient care. And hopefully that translates into good outcomes, happy patients, and happy hospitals and practices. When you look at it continuing on with the maintenance of certification, it allowed me to continue my education to remain relevant and to further expand my knowledge base over the 30 years and reflect back on what I've learned and what I need to know. So I think it's something that gives a level of understanding about what I've done, allows others to see that I've achieved a level of excellence, and it's also gotten me to continue with my education and thirst for knowledge. Thank you, Dr. Carroll, for that thorough answer. Dr. Harner, I now ask you the same question. What does board certification mean to you? Well, that's a, that's a, could be a very long answer to that, but uh, to me, I'll keep it short and simple. It's uh, that uh, I'm recognized by my peers to have been um, uh, qualified to safely practice uh, the specialty of orthopedics and also for me the subspecialty of sports medicine for Charlie it's the subspecialty of hand surgery so it's being recognized by my peers to have gone through a process that uh, uh, that has deemed me uh, competent to practice orthopedic surgery. Excellent. So, Dr. Kerr, I believe you earned ABUS subspecialty certification as soon as it became available in surgery of the hand. Why did you decide to pursue ABUS subspecialty certification? Why would you recommend you know, eligible diplomates to apply? Well, this was back in the dark ages, what some would say in 1992, though it really wasn't. Um, the test became available and being involved in a residency program at the time in terms of an academic teaching position. It was important to one uh, maintain relevance, two show levels of understanding and expertise, but three not then, as you would say, drop down thoughts or bad thoughts about being a general orthopedic surgeon. 
Um, the general approach is important, but the subspecialty certification allowed me to demonstrate that I took a deep dive into the area. So by doing that, I looked at hand surgery and upper extremity surgery from a level beyond what one would look at as a general orthopedist. And it allowed me to achieve a level of excellence, show confidence, and allow patients, hospitals, and those who look at me objectively see that I have gained a level of expertise in an important and finite area. Great. And so I guess why would you recommend eligible diplomates to apply for subspecialty certification? Well, I think it's a further of a process of your education. It allows you to see that what you have learned is relevant in the subspecialty field. And most of us do subspecialize at this time. And it allows your patients to understand that you have a level of expertise. And by doing that, you're able to show that you do have the level of competence and safety to practice in a small, finite area that may be more pointed than what one might do as a general, general orthopedist. And an example of that would be a microsurgeon would not be something a general or microsurgery would not be something general orthopedic surgeons would do. But it's a very important part of hand surgery and the skills related to hand surgery are somewhat different, though similar, but important to show our patients and our administrators and our colleagues that we do have that level of expertise. Great. So, Dr. Harner, you were there at the beginning. Can you tell us about the origins of the orthopedic sports medicine subspecialty certification program and why it's important? Yes, that, that's uh, a question that uh, we asked ourselves back in the mid-80s. Uh, at the time, uh, most of our fellowships, and by the way, sports has the, the highest number of uh, fellowships in all of, of orthopedics, uh, that uh, they were very um, different and not all the same. So the educational quality of the fellowships weren't there. And it was felt that there was a true body of knowledge of orthopedic sports medicine and that it was important that uh, we all would uh, get together on what that was and what, what it meant. And subspecialty certification was the uh, perfect way for us to establish uh, an educational bar for our fellowships. So really, in the beginning, was done to better uh, organize and, uh, and uh, set the bar for educational standards in our fellowships. Uh, and that was the main reason for starting it. But it also as we uh, complete our fellowships, we need to be recognized for our area of expertise uh, and our continuing um, learning in orthopedic sports medicine, which uh, we felt was important. So especially certification allowed us to do that. Great. So for you personally, why did you decide to pursue ABUS uh, subspecialty certification? Why would you recommend it to eligible diplomates to apply? Uh, David, that's a, that's a, I'm, I'm obviously biased there. Uh, but again, it allowed me uh, to um, focus uh, my career in orthopedic sports medicine and my lifelong learning focus would be on in orthopedic sports medicine. And more importantly, I would be recognized for that. Uh, one of the comments or I don't know if criticism is the right word I get back is, you know, what did this do for me? I'm a certified orthopedic sports medicine, you know, uh, what did it do for me? But it really is uh, many multifactorial in terms of its impact on, on, on us individually and on our subspecialty of sports medicine. It also, as I mentioned earlier, allowed us to come together about our fellowships and fellowship education. And now we have 
within our sports medicine society, a very uh, robust and uh, active fellowship directors uh, 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 group who gets together two, three times a year to talk about educational standards. It's all, uh, I think, because of some specialty certification and our dedication to the body of knowledge of sports. So uh, it's an individual thing, David, and it's also a, 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 our area of some specialty our area of uh, sports medicine as well. Excellent. So, so both of you have also volunteered with the AUS for many years. Dr. Carroll has been an oral examiner many times, as well as a case selector. Dr. Harn has probably done every volunteer position available from director to question writer to examiner. Can you tell us about your thoughts on volunteering for the AUS and why it is important that practicing orthopedic surgeons consider volunteering? Well, the first thing to consider is as members of a profession, we're the best ones to be able to consider what is relevant, what is safe, and what is competency. So I think it's endemic upon us to be able to then show our colleagues, peers, and our patients that we're the ones making the decisions and not some arbitrary third-party body. The volunteering is essential to do that because we're the ones practicing. And there's a broad spectrum of orthopedic specialists that are involved in doing this process. Um, it keeps all of us relevant by doing that. And I can tell you, you've got to stay one step ahead of the examinees if you're going to do these types of things, which keeps me relevant and keeps me studying and going further into thoughts about hand surgery and orthopedics. I also find that the spirit of volunteerism is important. Um, many of us are caught up with RVUs and dollars and patient volumes and things of this sort. So to take time away from our practice can be a bit of an imposition. But I think by volunteering our time in this and other activities that are available to us, I think can enrich our career and make us more relevant to the public. We need to maintain the process of uh, certification. And I think this is the best way of doing it. And it requires a good number of people besides the staff and the board of directors to be able to do this. So I would encourage others once they've recertified, to volunteer. It's a wonderful experience from the standpoint of the collegiality. Uh, I find the meeting at the ABOS, whether it be in Chicago and less so this year with the virtual meeting, to be a wonderful experience in terms of seeing colleagues in multiple fields that I normally don't see at the Academy or the Hand Society. Uh, many of us have gotten to know each other through this meeting in a way that we might not have through the national societies or our normal academic or practice activities. So I think it's important for us to remember that it's our mission. We can maintain camaraderie. There's social and collegial activities involved in it. But most important, we're maintaining a worthwhile process of certification and examination. And for Pete's sake, we're the best ones to do it. I don't think that uh, other administrators, government officials, or politicians should be doing this type of work. Well, well for me, it was a, a great way to give back to my profession. Uh, it is hard work, uh, but I enjoy it very much. But it's, it's, it's uh, in, in, in the summer during the oral exam, it's a whole week that you're taking off to do that. Uh, and question writing is, is, is hard work as well. But it was a way for me to give back. It was a way for me to interact with other individuals who wanted to, to be a part of this process. Uh, we must remember that the certification process, it, it, it really the, the board exists to protect the public. And as an examiner, uh, oral and written, 
uh, your your task is to de to try to de determine those standards with other individuals. And what's really very uh, uh, interesting to me is is the examiners uh, uh, and the question writers come from all different areas of our our specialty and subspecialty to come together to set those standards. So to me, it's uh, again a way to give back, but also uh, a, a way to try to make our pro profession better uh, and to interact with my uh, colleagues who have similar uh, goals. Excellent. So is there anything else that either of you like to talk about for subspecialty certification or the ABUS in general? Well, I just want to stress again the importance of us maintaining the process and maintaining the ability to certify. Um, I also want to put a plug in for the maintenance of certification side because everybody kind of looks at the initial certification as the way to go. And when I first started, these were not time limited certifications. The longitudinal assessment or the one time test every 10 years are ways of maintaining your current knowledge base. It maintains an ability to be professional and to study and to continue to learn our profession. So I'm a big supporter of that. I think the process works. Um, sometimes I wonder how, but it does work very well because there's certainly a lot of information being processed. But when you look at the metrics, the scoring rubrics, the questioning, it really does work well. And I think it's the best way to do this. It's a highly competent exam and one that is very reproducible. So I think it's a great experience. I would support others volunteering as they go into their career and take opportunities such as this to enhance others and to make sure our profession stays safe, competent, and relevant. Now, David, I just like to say that uh, subspecialty certification has many different ramifications. It has individual ones, it has organizational ones, it has educational ones. And so it, it, it's an, isn't just the individual uh, uh, recognition of your subspecialty certification, but it brings us all together on uh, educational uh, standards for both uh, graduating fellows and continuing uh, medical education or lifelong learning for uh, our practitioners. Well, thank you, Dr. Carroll and Dr. Harner for your time. If you enjoyed this episode of the American Board of Orthopedic Surgery podcast, please subscribe to us on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts so you know when the next episode is posted. Thank you, David. Uh, that was I actually really enjoyed that. This is a great format, and I commend the board for uh, for doing this. Thank you.